Take a deep breath. Take just a moment to reflect on everything that's happened so far this morning. Beautiful sunlight streaming down on a late winter's day. Sound of beautiful music and voices raised in praise here. The warmth of fellowship in handshakes, hugs, and hellos. Children's energy in the space. Take a deep breath. Know that that is the breath of God in you this day. Dear people of All Souls Parish, good morning. Good morning. Just wanted to make sure you're awake before we go any further. It's one of the first tests of a guest speaker. Today's a good day, and I'm thrilled to be able to spend part of it with you. I am a guest in your midst, so if you also are visiting, please come back in subsequent Sundays and hear the fine preaching of Father Brochard and others. But I am with you today to share a particular message with you that I hope will be helpful. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark Rieke, and I'm serving you as a consultant to your capital fund campaign this spring, Living Waters Renewal for Our Second Century. And for several months now, it's been uh, my blessing to work behind the scenes with your campaign leadership team, organizing and preparing things, and now you are publicly unfolding this, and so you've invited me into your midst today to share a message and the forum that we just had and conduct some more planning meetings with you. So thank you for that invitation. My husband and I have our home in Tacoma, Washington, so it's nice to be here where there's usually just a little bit more sunshine and warmer temperatures, though I think perhaps I should have brought some rain with me uh, for all of you. That might have been helpful. I'm mindful of my role as a guest speaker. I know from your perspective, you never know what you're going to get. And it reminds me of a story, a story of two men, one a Christian minister and the other a New York City taxicab driver. Well, both men die and find themselves at the gates of heaven, and St. Peter addresses them. First to the minister, he says, Welcome to heaven. We're glad you're here. We have some things for you. Here's a cotton robe and a leather belt and leather sandals for your feet, and over there, there's a little uh, mobile home for you to inhabit. Welcome. And next to the taxi cab driver, he says, We're glad you're here, too. Here are some things for you. Here's a silk robe for you to wear and a gold belt and golden sandals for your feet, and over there, a luxurious mansion to inhabit. Welcome. Well, the minister is outraged. He says, what's up with this? Don't you know who I am? In life, I was a faithful shepherd of the flock, preaching God's word every Sunday. How is it that this man, a taxi cab driver, gets the silk robe, the gold sandals, and the huge mansion, while I get the cotton robe, the leather sandals, and the tidy double-wide? What's up with that? St. Peter says, you need to understand, we've been observing you throughout life. And here in heaven, we're judging on results. In life, when you preached, people slept. But when this man drove taxi, people prayed. <laughs> so I'm feeling like my role with you is uh, not to lull you to sleep, certainly, but also not to shock you <laughs> too much, all right? So I'm going to try to strike a good balance in my remarks this morning. Well, you're just at the beginning of this capital fund campaign process, so it's good to begin at the beginning. Just a month ago, as you began the season of Epiphany, you likely celebrated the baptism of Jesus. 
Jesus goes out to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And as he comes up out of the water, he hears the voice of God. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now this is well before Jesus does really anything extraordinary. Before there are any miracles or any healings. Before there are any amazing sermons. It's just because of who he is. I love you. You are mine. You are a delight. It's just like a billion parents say to a billion children, you are mine, I love you, you are a delight. Jesus hears those same words. Every Sunday in my home congregation, we remind ourselves of those words. And just as we do in my church, I'm going to invite a little bit of audience participation. Would you repeat after me? I am a child of God. Holy and beloved. And then we say the whole thing. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Who are you? I am a child of God, holy and beloved. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. We say that every week because we need to hear it just as much as Jesus needed to hear it. But, of course, we're not Jesus. At least I'm not. If any of you out there are, please let me know. We're not Jesus, so adopting those words for ourselves might seem just a little uncomfortable. So let's break it down. First of all, I'm a child of God. Well, we're probably okay with that part because that goes all the way back to Genesis. God created us in God's image. We are God's children. That's the first story that's spoken about any of us. But what about beloved? Well, we know we're supposed to believe that we're loved, that God loves us, but sometimes it's hard. I think about the way that a baby is loved. Babies are loved just because they are. Their very existence is miraculous. Interestingly, that really doesn't wear off with age. Each of your beings is miraculous. You are loved for who you are by those around you by the people in your life and by your creator, you are loved. Child of God, beloved. Ah, but what about holy? Holy is a tough one. If you had heard what my husband and I were yelling at the TV while watching the Seahawks 49ers playoffs game a few weeks ago, you would not call that holy. If you knew some of the things I got up to back in my college days, yeah, you might not think that's so holy. Each of us has the potential for doing all sorts of unholy habits like gossip, arrogance, gluttony, sloth, resentment, judgment. We are all flawed and fallible folks. We have the propensity for doing all sorts of unhealthy and ill-advisedly, deliciously evil things in our lives, all of us. So who are we to kid ourselves and call ourselves holy? But scripture says that we are. I remember one of the verses that I memorized as a teenager in church from 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that your bodies are temples because of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you? We're holy not because of anything we do or don't do. It's the gift of God through the Holy Spirit. We are temples. Holiness is in each one of us. I am a child of God, 
holy and beloved. Who are you? It's such an important identity to claim. We need it. We need to hear it every week. Because there are so many voices in life that would try to tell us otherwise. Voices that say we don't count. Voices that say we aren't good enough. Voices that say we need to earn our place in this world. Or that we are what we eat or what we buy. There are voices that seek to delude us to divide us, to isolate us, to literally wall us off from one another and deny that identity that we've been given. There's another voice that might make us feel like we're not necessarily holy and beloved either. Just as surely as I can quote you scripture affirming that identity, I also remember the words of Jesus where he said, I'm coming to separate the wheat from the chaff and to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Well, holy smokes, what if I'm chaff? Am I holy and beloved then? It's helpful to remember that that metaphor really isn't about two different groups of people. You see, chaff and wheat are part of the same thing. Chaff is the protective coating of the wheat kernel as it grows. And when the wheat matures, the chaff needs to be rubbed off in order for you to eat the wheat sort of like beliefs or behaviors that might mask or cover our true identity or habits or systems that limit us. All that limits us, that boxes us in, that keeps us from being who and how we are meant to be, that all ultimately gets burned away. All the things that make us stumble over that affirmation that you are precious, that you are beloved, that you are holy, one day, all of those stumbling blocks will dissolve because here's the promise. Here's what Jesus does. Jesus shakes loose those dried out, worn out husks of uh, habit and belief that hold us back so that we can hear and believe and center our lives around the good news. You are a child of God, holy and beloved. It's the bedrock of who we really are. And the more we believe that, the more we trust that, the more we lean on that, the better able we are to listen to God's call to us, to bind up the brokenhearted, to comfort those who mourn, to share the good news of God's love in and through our lives. About a year ago, I had the opportunity to serve a Lutheran outdoor ministry in Santa Cruz. And on one of my visits there, I stopped in at the local sandwich uh, place, local Subway sandwich place, to get a bite to eat. And ahead of me was a man who had clearly come in off the street. He seemed to have all of his earthly possessions on his back. And in his unwashed hand, he held a few coins. And he was staring intently at the menu board, trying to figure out what he could afford to order. And I turned to him and I said, you know, I'm going to buy a sandwich. Can I buy you one too? And he smiled and nodded. And then he took my hand. And he said, look at me. So I turned again to face him. And he said, when you look at me, what do you see? And I said, I see a man who'd really enjoy a sandwich right about now. Just like me. Child of God. Holy and beloved. 
I know you've all had experiences like that where in an instant, our true identity is both revealed and reflected to us. When we are outraged over the social injustice of the refugee situation and children dying in government custody, or the crisis of climate change, or the vast chasm in the quality of life between the richest and poorest among us, or global hunger, or social and human rights abuses throughout our world, we aren't just outraged because of party affiliation or political ideology. No, for us, our outrage comes from the understanding that we are children of God and everyone else is too. That identity has power. It wipes away every other identity, national, religious, or political. That's just not who we are. We are children of God. How then shall we live? Well, one of our texts this morning, the one from Deuteronomy, speaks of choosing life, choosing life, a life based in claiming the promise of our true identity by loving God, listening to God's voice, walking in God's ways, keeping God's commandments, and clinging to God, clinging to God in relationship. That's what first breathed life into all souls perish when you were founded as a mission of St. Mark's Berkeley in 1906, just days before the great San Francisco earthquake and fire. How blessedly timed was your inception so as to be a place of refuge and renewal for those fleeing San Francisco's devastation then. It's what impelled you into raising your parish hall in 1924 and this church building in 1956, and it's inspired the subsequent renovations and work that you've done here and every ministry program that has flowed through these facilities. It's the celebration of that identity as God's children and the relationship God calls you into that keeps All Souls Parish a place of welcome for all, a place where people can be renewed by the source of living waters. And it's what calls you in this season into your Living Waters Capital Fund campaign, a campaign that seeks to raise money that will provide complete accessibility to your facilities, communal flexibility of your space, better carbon neutrality, and continued vitality of these facilities to serve for the next 100 years. Identity matters. Claiming that identity gives us the ability to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. It shapes our daily lives and it transforms us individually and corporately. That's a reality for all of us, all of the time. You are loved. You are holy. There are so many things that might make us forget. But God reminds us who, you, who we are, no matter what illness or pain or loss we face, no matter what the other voices may say, all that, all of those voices that are not love are being burned away. They are chaff. Love is the bedrock, and it's the only firm place to stand if you seek to love others. So, as you journey this spring on your Living Waters campaign, start with first things first. 
You are loved. You are holy. You are a child of God. Just as Jesus was, just as all of those other people who went out with him to the Jordan seeking renewal were. Let the knowledge of that precious gift of identity guide you as you seek the ways that you want to witness, serve, and give. I am a child of God, holy and beloved. Who are you? Amen.